Hello, everyone. A long-time lurker, first-time poster. I've had many Glitch in the Matrix experiences throughout my life, but this post is detailing my most recent experience. The situation I will describe here has been an ongoing experience, with perceived anomalies occurring sporadically for about two years. And this post will cover a few selected events, so please... Bear with its lengthiness. I moved into a rented home with my girlfriend in September of 2019, in which she had already been living for about three years. Over the course of the two years that I lived there, I noticed some strange occurrences that have remained unexplained, most of which involve objects appearing in the home that neither of us brought in, as well as objects that we own moving without us having touched them. Not long after moving in, I started to hear strange noises in the house, which sounded like light thudding. I eventually realized that the sounds were coming from our front door. The sounds ranged from a noise that would be made if you tried to open the door when it was locked, we always keep the door locked, even when we're both home, to a noise that could be described as a light thud against the doorframe, like someone struck their palm against it. Although these noises can be heard at any time of day, they typically occur at night. When I hear them, I'm generally sitting on our sofa, which is positioned in such a way that I can see the window by the front door, and any time I look out the window after hearing these noises... There's no one to be seen. Our house is situated in a well-lit suburban cul-de-sac, and our front door is situated atop a raised stoop that does not allow for any hiding spots. My girlfriend has heard these noises as well, but she has only ever mentioned hearing them when I am sitting there with her. She's never mentioned hearing them when I'm not home, nor did she ever hear them prior to me moving in with her. Another thing that is strange about this phenomenon is that delivery drivers seem compelled to open our door. I have seen both a postal driver and an Amazon delivery driver approach our door to deliver something during the day with our cars parked in the driveway in view of the whole neighborhood and attempt to open the door. In both situations, the driver would approach to put down the delivery, and then immediately attempt to open the door, and then quickly turn to leave. Their behavior looked almost robotic, as if they were being controlled, and after they turned to head towards their vehicle, they walked off calmly as if they were unaware of what they had done. Another set of phenomena that has regularly occurred is the unexplained appearance-slash-disappearance of objects in our home. Typically, mundane objects, such as food items or OTC medication. One related event of particular interest occurred about eight months ago. My girlfriend, who is a schoolteacher, invited a friend-slash-coworker over to host a virtual outdoor education event for their school. They were live-streaming the event in our yard, next to a bonfire. Being a winter night, the weather was particularly cold. 
as they were making some final preparations to begin the live stream, something compelled me to go into our kitchen and look through our pantry. In the pantry was an unopened box of instant hot cocoa packets, which is something that neither of us regularly consume. Assuming my girlfriend had bought it, I shrugged it off and began preparing some for the ladies to drink. It was a cold night after all, and I felt like it would be a nice, hostly gesture. Once the event was over, and our friend left, my girlfriend asked me when I had purchased the cocoa, to which I naturally explained that I didn't. I began thinking about all guests we have had come to our home recently, and was certain that none of them had brought the cocoa with them. What's even more strange is that the cocoa was sitting forefront in the pantry shelf. The two of us would have seen it, or moved it out of the way in order to get to the items we regularly use. Another similar occurrence took place just a few weeks later. When opening the pantry to grab a late-night snack, I found an unopened box of microwave popcorn. The popcorn brand happened to be our favorite. We're both popcorn fanatics, but are particular about the kind that we eat. And I assumed that my girlfriend had picked it up on her way home one evening. When I began making the popcorn, she got excited and asked when I got the popcorn. To which I, again, explained that I didn't. Because we both love this particular kind of popcorn, we typically eat it at least three times a week, one of us would have opened the box at some point prior to this evening. It had been about a week or so since we'd gone grocery shopping, and neither of us had seen it in our pantry prior to this moment. And, as was the case with the hot cocoa, the box of popcorn was sitting at the forefront of the pantry shelf, in a place that it certainly would not have been overlooked. A few months later, my girlfriend went on a kayaking trip with some friends. She had borrowed a car roof rack from someone, a kayaking junkie who takes pride in her equipment, including the necessary straps used to secure the boat. After returning home, my girlfriend unloads her kayak into our garage and places the roof rack right next to it. The straps would have needed to be with the roof rack, otherwise the kayak would have fallen off of her car on the drive home. A few days pass, and her friend comes to pick up the rack, but, in a rush, had apparently forgotten to get the straps. The friend contacts my girlfriend a few days later, and asks what happened to the straps. My girlfriend and I thoroughly searched the garage and her car, and the straps were nowhere to be found. Aside from objects mysteriously appearing and disappearing, I have found my belongings in odd places they should not be, and one time actually witnessed one move in my peripheral vision. The object that I witnessed move on its own was my jaw harp. A few weeks ago... After playing it one evening, I placed it on our coffee table, far enough from the table's edge so that it couldn't have fallen off by bumping into the table. I went to use the toilet, and 
as I walked back into the living room past the table, my jaw harp quickly glided across the tabletop onto the floor. I was about two feet away from the table, and there was nothing for me to have bumped into that could have pushed the jaw harp in the way that it moved. My Xbox sits atop a break front right next to the coffee table, and ever since the night that my jaw harp moved, my Xbox has been turning itself on at random moments, generally when I am within its proximity. The final story that I'll share happened just last week. We were out of tissues, and I needed to blow my nose before going to sleep. Because I didn't feel like walking to the bathroom for some toilet paper to use, I opened my nightstand slash undergarment drawer to use a sock. Laundry day was coming soon, so who cares? (laughs) I was prepared to remove one from a folded pair, but found a single unpaired sock right away. When it came time to do the laundry, the snot socks companion was nowhere to be found. I threw the sock in with my other clothes, hung everything once it was dry, and put that lone sock back into the drawer. A day later, my girlfriend was going through the closet to pick out work clothes, and I heard her laugh. She pulled out a pants hanger, one that has two metal clips for hanging pants by the waistline, and asked why I had hung a sock. She showed me a hanger with the missing sock clipped perfectly, as if it was being hung to dry. It was clipped in such a way that it looked deliberate. If it had been stuck to the pair of pants that were hung on the hanger, it certainly would have fallen off after the pants were unclipped. If you've made it this far into the post, thanks for reading. If anyone has experienced anything similar to what I've described, or has some thoughts or comments about my story, please do let me know. Edit. We both can confirm that neither of us sleepwalk, nor do either of us have any amnesic disorders. That may explain the appearance of the mystery items, or the objects being moved to strange places. I have many more experiences that I could share from this previous year, but I figured I would start with these because of how recent the stories are, and because they're relatively tame compared to the other stories, which are a bit frightening compared to the stories I posted about here. Depending on how I feel about it, I may make another post in the near future to explain those experiences. This just happened to me this evening, and I'm still at a loss for words, and I can't wrap my mind around it. So, last Monday was my birthday... That's what started this weird and unexplainable event. I didn't really want to do much beside hang with my boyfriend and chill around the house. My uncle asked me to run errands for him and take stuff to Goodwill. I was annoyed because it was my birthday, but I agreed to it anyway. A little backstory I tend to wear funky glasses and I take pride in the dorkiest ones that I can find. There's a specific pair that I wear more often than most, and they're my favorite. They look like they came straight out of your typical 80s school picture, off the face of some nerdy kid. 
I get tons of compliments on them, though. The lenses are ginormous, butterfly-looking lenses. I just like that they cover all points of my vision. That's mostly why I wear them all the time. As I was putting clothes into trash bags to take to Goodwill, I went to do that typical swing the trash bag above your head and use the force of wind to open it method. As I was coming down with the trash bag, it caught the top of my glasses, causing them to fly off my face and slam face down onto the concrete floor in our garage. I knew before looking at them that they were going to be busted in some type of way, judging simply by how hard they fell. I just stood there and kind of looked at them for a second, anticipating how bad the damage was going to be. When I picked them up, the left lens had a deep chip gouged out of it. Not just a crack, a chip. It was maybe a few millimeters in length, completely unmistakable. I ran my fingernail in the chip and I was able to feel it perfectly. I was highly annoyed at this point, mostly with myself for agreeing to run errands on my birthday, but also because I did one of my typical clumsy klutz moves to break my own glasses. I looked at my boyfriend and was like, dang it, my favorite glasses just broke, and I handed them over to him to look at. He confirmed there was a chip in them too. I basically just said, whatever, and continued stuffing clothes into trash bags, trying not to be upset. I put them back on my face before hopping into the driver's seat. As we were on our way to Goodwill, I got annoyed again because I noticed the chip was placed perfectly enough to where it wasn't necessarily obstructing my view, but it was in my view enough that I could see it, and it was bugging me. I also couldn't stop touching it. I took them off and I handed them to my boyfriend. He examined the chip again for a second time and said, I don't know, maybe they're repairable. Maybe you could order another pair? I sighed and told him it really wasn't a big deal. I decided I wasn't going to worry about going through with the repair. I had more glasses at home to get me by, and I had an eye appointment coming up in a month or so anyways, and agreed that I would just order the same pair again. He also agreed that that was the best move, as the cost of the repair just didn't make any sense. The whole time we were running errands and going to my birthday dinner, I continued to touch the chip. I don't really know why, other than it was bugging me all night. When we got home, I put them on my nightstand next to my bed and just left them there, not really sure what to do with them yet. My boyfriend works overnights in a hospital and usually sleeps at my place when he gets off his shift. This tidbit is a little important. When I was getting ready for work a couple of mornings later and he was just getting off of his shift, we were making small talk and I was like, man, I wish my favorite glasses weren't broken. I don't want to wear my other pairs today, so... I guess I'll just wear my contacts. I went and I picked up the glasses to confirm to myself that they were still broken, I guess. The chip was definitely still there. 
I again was able to run my fingers across the chip and was able to still feel it. I put them back down on my nightstand, and that is exactly where they've been for the last week, until today. I got home from work earlier and decided I wanted to clean my bedroom. My boyfriend has been working, so there's no one here but me. I noticed my glasses sitting where I had last left them on the nightstand, and was debating with myself on whether or not I wanted to throw them away. I obviously wasn't going to wear them again because of that chip, but also, they were my favorite glasses, and I didn't want to part with them just yet for some reason. Now this, this is where the crazy part happens. I go to pick up my glasses and I put them on to wear one last time, but for some reason, I'm not seeing the chip in my line of sight like I was before. I didn't think too much of it until I took them back off and looked at the lens. My jaw dropped. That chip is gone. This gigantic, freaking, noticeable, and very obvious chip that I felt so many times... It's just gone. I run my fingers across both lenses because maybe, just maybe, I was mistaken and it was actually the right lens instead of the left. Am I crazy? I cleaned them hoping to find something. Nope. Literally nothing. Absolutely nothing. I put them back on my face, take them off, feel for the chip. I put them back on over and over and over not even a scratch. Cold chills creep up my spine, and my body covers in goosebumps. I immediately feel like I'm dreaming and that this moment isn't real. Or that when I slammed him on the floor, didn't even happen, and that my mind is somehow playing a trick on me. I get up and I walk around my house to see if anything else is out of the ordinary. I even look at the glasses again just to make sure it's the same pair, but I know they are because it's my favorite pair. The thought even crossed my mind that maybe my boyfriend wanted to surprise me and get them fixed, but there's just no way. He's been working 12-hour overnight shifts and sleeping, so there couldn't have been any time for that in his schedule. I texted my boyfriend what happened, and I sent him a picture of the glasses. I still feel like I'm crazy at this point, and I wanted confirmation that I'm not because nothing like this has ever happened to me. I've heard of unexplainable stories like this that have happened to others, but not any that have ever happened to me. He is just as shocked as I am, and we have no clue how they're suddenly just fine. He made a joke that all my oil from my fingers filled the chip because I wouldn't stop touching it. <laughs> my theory is that a magic eyeglass repair fairy knew that I was sad about my broken glasses, so they appeared in my room and fixed them while I was sleeping. So, thanks, fairy. I really don't have many people to share this experience with, and I immediately thought of this subreddit as it was happening. I'm still blown away, but I'm wearing them on my face as I type this now, so... I hope you guys enjoyed my glitch. This happened about 25 years ago, 
Me and my friend, we'll call him Tom, we regularly went to a festival in the mountains of Pennsylvania every year. We camped out, had a small bonfire, etc. We enjoyed our favorite music from our favorite bands, and we had a great time. We'd been doing this for almost 10 years at this point. So, we were experts in preparing for driving 5-6 to six hours, setting up the campsite, doing the breakdown, and leaving. We stayed up late every night playing music and doing our nightly ritual of burning all paper trash and anything else trash-wise that was non-toxic in the campfire so that there was less trash to clean up when we left. We jokingly called it combustibles and would yell or chant it as we would throw some on. Yeah, I know, we were young and dumb. This is important for later, by the way. At one point... One of us throws a pack of something on the fire, and it stunk, and burned a color, and then put off a lot of smoke. So much for non-toxic, I thought. Well, we both got a lung full and coughed, but we were fine. We didn't realize it at the time, but it was almost three, so I thought it was time for us to go to sleep. We planned to leave for home at like 5am to beat the traffic leaving. It was a very popular festival and was packed. So I said, why not pack up everything now, and then we can sleep in the car for an hour or so before we go. We packed up quickly, and then, since I was driving, I said, let's leave now and get to a rest stop. On the parkway, we can sleep in the car if we're tired, avoiding traffic totally. For Tom, it was a no-brainer. He wasn't driving. He could just sleep in the back until I was too tired, and then we could switch. We got like 30 to 45 minutes on the parkway, when I started to doze off at the wheel, swerving, almost killing us several times while Tom passed out sleeping in the passenger seat. So, I woke him and said that we needed to switch or do something. We came to a rest stop, decided to park to get cold drinks and sleep in the car for a little while. This is when it happens. Tom goes inside to get drinks and pee or something. The next thing I know, I'm driving in five-lane traffic an hour and a half away from home. I didn't wake up as and opened my eyes. My eyes were wide open, dry, like they weren't blinking. I don't know where we were at first or what the hell happened. I look over at Tom and his eyes were wide open. I mean, like, wide open, staring straight ahead. I yelled, Tom, what happened? Where are we? I got no response. I yelled, Tom, Tom, and then I hit him. He then slowly looked over at me to say what in a slow way. He said, why are you waking me up? I said, you weren't sleeping. It took us the rest of the drive home to grasp what was happening. We traveled a four-hour span of road in less than two hours. We, at that time, had no memory of leaving the rest stop. I only faintly remember him coming back to the car, and he only vaguely recalls coming back to the car, so it wasn't because I was sleeping. He was awake at the rest stop, and... 
He couldn't remember. Several other things were off. The CD player was on and had played through all the songs and was stopped, meaning a CD was put in, was played, ran through the album, and then reached the end. We had no memory of that as well. We should have needed to stop for gas before that point, because when we left, I was already low. We apparently either put gas in, or traveled that entire way without using hardly any gas, and my brakes before were fine, now they were grinding like metal on metal. We talked about it for years after that. He is a hardcore skeptic of anything beyond his religion. He concluded that we must have inhaled too much toxic smoke at the campsite, and then I went into autopilot driving while he slept. But I kept telling him he wasn't sleeping. He was in a trance state, staring straight ahead with the frozen look on his face. I don't think it was aliens, because it was a bright, sunny, clear day with lots of people around. A few years ago, we talked about it more. He admitted to the fact that he wasn't sleeping. He was staring straight ahead when he came around. We started to remember more then. I started to remember him getting back to the car and me insisting I was okay to drive because I had a cold drink. We drove out of the rest stop. After that, it was fuzzy. For him, that's all he will admit to remembering, but myself, I started to remember something that gives me goosebumps as I write this. I remember nodding off, and then being awakened by the sound of branches hitting the car, and then the feeling of falling in the car. Then... A hard splash, and then I saw in a bloody haze water, and I was seeing my friend convulsing from lack of air while waking up from being unconscious. Now, I need to say that at the time of this, I had no clue about quantum immortality, glitches in the Matrix, or the Mandela effect. It was the late 90s of my remembering, and the early mid-90s when it actually occurred. I wanted to believe it was a false memory. So, a few years back, I went on Google Earth, something that I didn't have back then. And when I trace the route after the rest stop, there's a huge bridge that crosses over a major river. And yes, if you look, it's possible for someone to drove off the road if they were going fast enough. You would hit small trees, and then a big drop into the water. Seeing this... It freaked me out bad. I sat back and I say, gosh, I think we died. Then, a few years back, I learned about glitches and quantum immortality, after having some major experiences. And that's when it made sense to me. We died, and then switched realities. It explains everything. Why my brakes were suddenly bad. Why little things were off. The other thing, many of my close friends changed personalities. I won't go into detail, but it seemed like after that ride home, the world was different. Close friends weren't close anymore. I'm a huge MacGyver fan, I've never missed an episode, and recently, I was watching it online and saw two episodes that never existed before for me. Sure, I could have missed them, but I actually recorded them on VHS back then collecting all the episodes. So, I knew each one, 
but the one with the Prometheus Syndrome truly freaked me out. I'm big on mythology, and my fellow Titans especially Prometheus. So, an episode where Mac actually talks about Prometheus? Yeah, I would have remembered that. Then there's the truly disturbing thing. The empty, dead look in my friend's face and eyes after his convulsing underwater was the same look I saw when I asked what happened, where are we, and I don't know what happened. My apologies that this is long, but I don't know how to shorten it. This last week has been... odd. But this morning, it literally felt like I was repeating last Saturday morning. Last Friday, I went to a concert and dinner with friends. I was the one who bought all the tickets. I wore a brand new pair of white jeans. They're my only pair of white-slash-light-colored pants and I'd never worn them before. After dinner, one of my friends gave me $100 in cash, 520s, to pay me back for her and her boyfriend's ticket. Everyone else just Venmoed me. I have a bookcase-style headboard, and when I got home, I put the money between my watch stand and the side of the headboard so I would remember to take it to the bank. When I pulled my jeans off, I realized that there was a stain on the back right thigh. My roommate spends summer weekends with family, so I walked the jeans straight to the kitchen where the laundry area is, treated the stains, and left the jeans on top of the washer. Saturday morning, I got up and sorted my laundry into two baskets so I could get started. I did whites first. From my room... I brought a set of sheets, some underthings, and three light-colored tops. I checked the jeans, and the stain remover seemed to be working. I put all the whites, including the jeans, in the wash, and then I cleaned the kitchen and started meal prepping for the week. When the washing machine stopped, I transferred the load and checked the jeans because if the stain wasn't out, I didn't want it to set in the dryer. The stain was gone so into the dryer they went. I kept meal prepping, and then I started straightening up the den. The only thing that divides the den from the kitchen is a counter. It's really one big room. The only time I walked away from the kitchen slash den area was to run back to my room to grab the laundry basket with the dark clothes so that I could start that load. The dryer went off and I folded the whites, but the jeans weren't there. I feel like I'm having a stroke at this point. I can't find them anywhere. I've recently lost a lot of weight, so I don't have many clothes. The white jeans and a few things that were mailed with them were the last of the new clothes that I had ordered to arrive by a few weeks. Before they arrived, I had packed and given away the things that no longer fit. I searched the entire house, except my roommate's room, to be fair, and they aren't anywhere. Again, I don't have many clothes, and when I'm looking, 98% of the clothes that I do have are in either the washing machine or folded on top of the dryer. It unnerves me enough that I text my BFF about it, because where could the jeans have gone? I was in a locked house by myself. 
those jeans were in the dryer until the moment they just weren't. Later that day, I see my parents and I tell my mom about it. That night, I get home. I take off a necklace that I wear every day. It's very precious to me because it's made from a piece of my late grandfather's jewelry. I have a vintage jewelry box. It's the kind that the top opens outwards slash upwards. The bottom is made up of several drawers, and I've collected vintage costume jewelry since I was a kid, and back when I had to dress professionally, I wore quite a bit. Now, I wear the same few pieces, and they all live in the top left drawer. On top of the jewelry box is an acrylic organizer that holds my makeup and morning skincare items, along with a glass jar that holds my mascara and makeup stuff. This stuff means that you can't open the top of the jewelry box. The rest of my dresser is covered in books. Sunday morning, my necklace isn't in the drawer. It isn't in any of the drawers. I move all the books, thinking I must have just dropped it on the dresser. Nope. I manhandle my large, heavy dresser to see if the necklace is behind it. I honestly feel like I'm going crazy. But no. This makes the glass jar fall, so I moved the acrylic organizer as well, and then decided to open the top of the jewelry box. You have to twist the handle open to make the top of the jewelry box open. There sits my necklace. I'm so freaked out. I probably haven't opened the top of the jewelry box since I went to a wedding in January of 2020 and wore a vintage necklace. From the amount of dust under the organizer... It was clear it had been a minute since I took off the jewelry box and dusted underneath it. Not only that, but I never left my room slash bathroom after I took my necklace off on Saturday night. I took it off, got in the shower, and went to bed. My bed is right next to the door. Anyone who walked into my room would pass by my head, and then, how would they move everything from the top of the jewelry box without waking me up? The rest of the dresser, it was covered in uneven stacks of books. Plus, the alarm didn't show that anyone entered the house after I set the alarm when I got home on Saturday evening. I never found my jeans. My roommate even looked when they got home, but they weren't in their room either, and how could they have been? So yesterday, Friday, I finally had the time to take the money my friend gave me to the bank. Every morning when I would get my watch from the stand, I would see it. My roommate left Friday morning to spend the weekend at the lake. Last night I came home with groceries and set the bags on top of the washer and dryer to put away. This morning, when I got up and put my watch on, and there were 520s tucked between the stand and the headboard. I legitimately felt like I was having a stroke. I checked my banking app because I thought maybe I had planned to deposit them, but didn't actually do it. Although I remember talking to the teller about how happy we were this weekend, that it wouldn't be as hot as last weekend. I had deposited $100 cash yesterday at 9.05. I dug in my purse, and I found the receipt. I never have cash, other than the $40 in emergency money that I keep in my wallet. The $40 is still there, so where did these other 520s come from? I walked into the kitchen this morning, and my white jeans were on the washing machine, 
just like I left them last Friday night. There's still a stain on the back right thigh. That area is lightly damp, like it had been recently sprayed with a stain remover. I completely freaked out. I checked my watch to make sure it was actually August and not till the end of July. I looked at my pictures from the week to confirm that the week actually happened. I have no explanation, except that somehow, my jeans and the money reverted back to where they were last Saturday morning. I'm terrified that my necklace is going to disappear again when I go to bed tonight. And just for some more info, my roommate left the house before I did on Friday morning. According to the alarm app, no one entered the house from the time I set the alarm when I left at 8.45am Friday until I returned at 7.30pm. No one entered the house after I turned the alarm back on at 7.58pm last night. I feel like this is going to sound insane, but I've been thinking about this for two days now, and I feel like I have to post this to see if anyone possibly has an explanation. Two nights ago, me and my girlfriend are laying in bed with YouTube on the TV in the bedroom. I watch it while she sits on her phone or reads. I have the YouTube autoplay feature on, so when one video ends, it just immediately plays the next one. I was watching a ton of Nick Merck's videos that night. For those that don't know, Nick Merck's is a gaming streamer slash YouTuber. So, I ended up falling asleep while the videos are playing, and the TV is on lower than half volume because it's late, and was pretty much just background noise, honestly. I don't know how long exactly I was asleep, but it couldn't have been long because my girlfriend was still awake reading when this happened. But as I'm asleep, I hear clear as day an extremely loud Nick Merckx himself go, Wake up! in the most stern, bone-chilling tone. The only way that I've ever heard someone else say this like this is in Spider-Man Far From Home when Mysterio and Spider-Man are fighting, and Mysterio goes, It's time to wake up to him. That's the only thing I can compare it to. I jerked awake and was facing the TV, and I swear to God, for a split second, I saw Nick Merck's face in full screen staring straight into the camera, and then it immediately went back into gameplay with him talking to his teammates, and stuff like nothing was happening. I looked over at my girlfriend, and she was staring at the TV with a shocked look on her face. I asked her, Did you hear that? And she said, Yeah, and sounded scared. I picked up the remote and rewound a full minute in the video, and we both sat and watching it through, and it did not happen in the video. He never once screams, wake up, nor does he go full face cam in the video. He only ever does full face cam in the intros, and he hasn't even been doing intros lately, so there's literally no full face cam at all in this video. 
I have no clue what happened. Could someone please explain this? Edit. First of all, thank you guys so much for the upvotes and the awards. I didn't expect this to blow up at all and was just looking for some advice. So, to see this many people interested by this, and to hear all your stories in the replies is crazy to me. Also, I appreciate all your jokes. <laughs> Having people be able to not only relate to this, but make jokes about it, is soothing, in a way. Also, I haven't been on Reddit all day, so I didn't even know that this blew up until just now. And there are so many comments, I can't really reply to them all, so I'm going to just try to answer a lot of the questions here. 1. Did I get confirmation the next day from the girlfriend, or just when I woke up? After this happened, I didn't fall asleep for a while. And we stayed up together, freaked out for about an hour and a half talking about what had just happened. As well as the next night, we both said we should just keep the TV off when going to bed. So, yes, she definitely experienced it. And it was confirmed a lot that night as well as the next day. 2. Is it possible it was an ad? No. I have YouTube Red specifically because I watch YouTube on my TV every night, and the ads, especially mid-rolls, are extremely annoying, so I never get ads on YouTube. 3. Could someone have cast onto the TV with their phone, etc.? If it's possible to cast onto an Amazon Fire Stick, then... possibly? But I've now talked to everyone that lives in my house since this happened, about this experience, and all of them said they don't cast to TVs, ever. So, if it did happen, it would have had to have been a random person, like a neighbor. Although my neighbors are pretty far away as we live in a wooded area, where the houses are really spread out. I'm not saying it's 100% impossible, but given all the variables I've listed, and the fact that it was Nick Merckx himself yelling from the TV, I feel like the chances of this are just extremely slim. 4. Did my girlfriend see it? I have asked her if she saw it, and she said she didn't, but I feel like I need to emphasize some details here, because I wrote this post very poorly before, because I was on mobile, and like I said, I didn't think it would blow up at all, so I didn't put much effort into it. When I say it was loud when he yelled, I mean it was loud. As if my sound bar had gone up to max volume, and then immediately back down to below half volume. Also, no, it was not me who yelled it in my sleep. Me and my girlfriend have previously talked about this a lot, as I said previously, and she knows it was the TV. She knows what Nick Merckx sounds like, and she said when it happened, she instantly thought it was the TV as well, and there's no way that it was me. 5. Do I have any other weird stuff happen around my house? Not a lot, honestly. My sister watched her closet doorknob twist back and forth once, 
and when she finally opened the door, there was nobody there. I feel like sometimes I hear someone whisper in my ear, but I never really care because I feel like everyone has stories about, I swear someone just said my name. So I kind of just blow it off. The only big thing, really, is I was eating dinner with my family at the kitchen table, and from where my chair is, I can see straight ahead of me through a giant window that looks out to our backyard. That's pretty big. I swear I saw a white man in a white t-shirt and blue jeans walk through our backyard, walk behind a tree, and then he was just gone. I went, who the hell was that? And everyone looked out the window, and my dad went, ah, hell, and ran and grabbed his gun while we kept watching the tree he went behind. When he went outside and looked, there was no one there. When he came back in, I asked him why he reacted like that, because he's a very chill person who never overreacts about stuff. And he responded with, I saw him too. He went behind the tree, right? I said yes, and he just looked spooked and didn't say anything else about it. I'm a 29-year-old male, and this is the story of what happened to me when I was 25 years old and lost my mind temporarily. One of the reasons I have waited years to tell this story is because it's very hard to explain the feeling I was going through as this happened. All I know is, I have never heard anyone tell a story like this, and I've been a listener of True Scary Stories on YouTube for a number of years now, so I thought I would contribute what was, to me, the scariest experience I've ever been through. It may end up being a long story, but I don't want to leave any details behind. Around the time this happened to me, I was very deep into conspiracy theories and had just recently seen a UFO in plain sight. I was convinced that there was an evil force out to get me. Not because of the UFO sighting, but because I had been reading and studying theories about the Illuminati and how the government is keeping tabs on all of us. I slowly started to believe that they were after me in particular, if you ever heard of targeted individuals, I was definitely one of them. Or at least I'd convinced myself that I was. It's hard to say which. There are some parts of the story that will baffle you, as they baffled me at this time. So, let me just jump right into the beginning of this incident. I was watching a video on YouTube one day in my room alone, and... I started getting this strange, paranoid feeling that I was being monitored somehow. Just as I started to have this feeling, my photo booth app opened and my webcam light turned on without me doing anything. I thought this was very odd and confirmed my belief that I was being watched. I closed the application and tried to go about my day but I couldn't help but feel very paranoid after this. I woke up the next day, and I lost control of my balance while walking down my hall unexpectedly. Now, get ready because this is where it gets very weird, 
and I promise you, I'm about to tell you the absolute truth. I lost complete control of my bodily actions, and it felt as though I was being controlled by some kind of outside force. I stripped down all of my clothes, and I left my house completely naked. I walked about two and a half blocks up the street in the middle of the road, causing traffic to beep at me and people to stare. I walked into a local fitness club that had a pool, and I started swimming naked. I swam for about five minutes or so, and then started to walk through the gym part of the fitness club towards the exit. Keep in mind, this entire time, I was not in control of my body, but merely witnessing myself act like a completely naked fool. As I walked to the exit, I realized that the cops had been called. I was taken to the psych ward at the local hospital because my responses to the questions that they were asking was hysterical crying and laughing, mixed with confessions of things I thought I had done wrong. At this point, I started to gain control of my body back, but I still could not control my ability to speak or think freely. I also had a burning paranoia like nothing I had ever felt before. It felt like my brain was under some kind of pressure. When I got to the psych ward, I was brought into a room to be seen by a doctor. This doctor had an earpiece and was being communicated to by someone that was not in the room, which I thought was very strange. After they asked me some questions, I could only cry and whimper short responses. I was then taken to a communal crazy house, or what's better known as the psych ward. There were loonies all around me, and I felt like one of them, in a way. That night, as I lay in the bed of the room that I was assigned to, I could not sleep a wink. The next day, I pushed open the exit door and I escaped the facility. It was easier than you would think because this was a low-security facility that had a surrounding forest that led to some apartment complexes. I ran through the forest, and as I was running, I heard a voice that sounded like it was in front of me say, I like the smell of his blood. I still to this day have no idea what the voice was or where it came from, but I was petrified with fear. At this point... I ran down a hill into a nearby apartment complex, and I hid in a dumpster for some reason. Now, when I got into this dumpster, there was no one around to see me. To my surprise, a few minutes later, I heard cars pulling up and the chatter of what sounded like officers speaking to one another. The police opened the dumpster and took me to a high-security psych ward that was two hours away from the town that I lived in at the time. I stayed there for a week and two days before I was released to my parents, who had actually been desperately looking for me. For about six months after this event, I barely left my room or spoke to anyone because I was lost and confused about what had happened to me, and I thought that at any moment, I could lose control of my body again.
I've seen several phone glitches on this sub, and I hope it's the right place. These events happened between 2019, 2020, and 2021. My family and I use Facebook Messenger to talk to each other whenever we can't be in the same area of the house or the town. But because I like headphones and I put out music very loud, I don't hear my parents calling me. And in the past, we had neighbors complaining about us yelling too loudly. So my parents started calling me either on Facebook Messenger or on my regular phone. In 2019, I was living at my aunt's house, going to college, when I got two regular phone calls within months in between from my mom. The first one I had just managed to get away from a potentially dangerous situation, and I was walking quickly to my bus, and my phone rang, only for me to hear static that caused a headache, and then hung up. Once I was safely away from when I was potentially in danger, I called my mom back, asking her why she called me. My mom then told me she was thinking of calling me, but that she hadn't called me. Then I told her what happened, and she just told me to be thankful for that call, and just focus on moving forward with my life. The second time this happened, in 2019, I was cooking dinner at home and I got a call, and since my aunt's landline was damaged and sometimes calls wouldn't go through or receive said calls, we had agreed that if they call me and leave it ringing for three rings, it means they had been trying to call me on the landline, and that I needed to call them. So, this happens. My mom calls me and lets it ring three times. I get to the landline and I call home, only to be told by my dad that mom had been talking to my Uncle Thomas on her cell phone for the past hour. I was confused, and later in the night, I talked with my mom about it and asked her if she called me at 8pm, but she hadn't. Then, 2020 comes. We're in quarantine, and I was in my room. I was healing from a TBI, so I wasn't allowed on my phone and I was working on relearning how to write when my phone rang, and I peeked over to see that it was my mom. Thinking that my mom might have needed toilet paper because I'd heard her go to the bathroom, I carefully walked to the storage room, grabbed three rolls of toilet paper, and carefully again went to the bathroom and asked her what she wanted. Confused, my mom said she was thinking of calling me because she had run out of toilet paper, which I instantly hand to her. Mum then joked about our mother-daughter bond. A few months later, in 2020, I'm fully healed from my TBI, and I'm cleaning out the house, vacuuming when I feel my phone vibrate, and I look to see my mum calling me. I put the vacuum aside because I'm thinking it was close to 3 p.m., which is my country's mandatory quiet time up to 6 p.m., and maybe she was trying to tell me to give up trying to finish the house before 3pm, or maybe she just wanted something. So I looked around the house, and I asked my sister, only to find my mom putting out the laundry, and I had seen her phone on the radio in the kitchen while looking for my mom. 
and once again, she never called me. And now we are reaching 2021. I'm in my room doing some chores, and I hear my computer and phone chime with the Facebook Messenger video call, and I look to see my mom calling me. I got up and went to look for my mom, only to be told by my dad that mom was out with her friends for coffee. So I called her and asked her, and she told me she had no Wi-Fi to call me on Facebook. Another time, I'm again in my room, and again, Mom calls me on my regular phone. And I ran with my phone to my mom in the bathroom, and showed her my device, and she showed me hers. She wasn't calling me. I picked up and put it on speaker, only to hear this whizzing sound you hear when two microphones are close together, and it hurts our ears. And then, my mom got a nosebleed. She gets semi-frequent nosebleeds, but there was no prior indication, such as a headache or her sneezing like there normally is. It was during Easter, and Mom and I were playing cards in the kitchen with our phones next to us, when my phone vibrates again with a call from my mom. Confused, I try to pick it up, but my phone is stuck, and then shuts down, and my phone's hot. The last time this happened was when I was in my room and getting another call from mom, and annoyed I get up to go to my mom and ask her what she wants, and, confused, she again told me she hadn't called me. I don't know what's happening to my phone, but this only happens with my mom's phone number and mine, and only on my phone, never on my mom's. Are there any ideas on how this would be possible to happen so many times? The recent glitches that I have had really have me thinking about all the bizarre things that happened to me in the past. One of the first ones that stuck with me was the house with the big willow tree in its front yard. It was Halloween back in the late 80s. I was doing the usual trick-or-treating thing with my friend. We got to the house at the end of my street. A house I didn't know was even there because of this huge willow tree blocking it. So, we walked to a side door and knocked. A bold guy answered, and when I say bold, I mean totally shaved, cleaned, and shiny. He was wearing a turtleneck shirt, or what looked like one. I know it was Halloween, so maybe it was a really enthusiastic guy getting into the holidays, but the house wasn't decorated. Maybe just a bald guy, but the house was unusually bright inside. Like, floodlights bright. Although it was ambient, as in coming from everywhere but nowhere specifically... The inside of the house from what we saw was spotless. I mean, there was nothing out of place. Everything looked fake. The guy seemed not to understand us, nor know what we wanted. He even looked confused as he looked past us, confused by the gloomy weather or something. He seemed almost shocked. He said something to a woman, again, I didn't understand what he said nor what the woman said, and now when I think back, it sounded Swedish or French, I don't know. He nodded 
and a bunch of times smiling, then closed the door. We didn't get any candy. Okay, now the really weird part. At the time, we thought it was just a weird foreign guy who didn't understand the culture or language, and had a bizarre sense of style. A few months later, I was at a friend's house, the friend who was friends with the kid that lived next door to the Willow House, and I told him the story. He then accused me of lying because no one has lived there in almost a year. An elderly woman lived there alone and was currently in the hospital very ill. She had no living siblings or family members, so this kid's father was the caretaker of the house. He said that him and his father regularly go over, they check it over, etc. I insisted. He said, hold on. He went inside and got keys. He walked around past the willow tree and there wasn't even a side door. Only one in the front and one in the back. I was so freaked out. We went to the back door because the front was overgrown with years of neglect reclaiming it. We went to the back and it wasn't at all the same house. It was shabby, neglected clearly. It was the home of an elderly woman who had lost the ability to maintain it. He said, See, you're lying. I was at a loss for words. And then I remembered my friend who was with me. A few days later, we all happened to be together. I said, Hey, tell him about the Willow House that one Halloween. And he said, Oh, the one with the bald guy? I said, Yeah, see? He only remembered a bald guy, though. Not much else. Other than he didn't give us candy. The kid still didn't believe it. I can't say I blame him. Evidence is what it is. Back then, there was no term for stuff like that. Either aliens, ghosts, Loch Ness monsters, Bigfoot. No glitches. Sure enough, he did say the one reason he and his father needed to check the house often was because the water faucets and lights kept turning on by themselves. Now... Ghosts can't manifest a door and a hole inside of a house. Besides, that was a solid person and the door was real, because we knocked on it. The only reason I grouped this into the glitch area, because how it was slowly deleted from my friend's memory. A few months later, not one of them remembered it, nor the conversation around it. Now, I am curious if they remember it now, because... I found sometime after years it does come back, but I don't know. Maybe some people don't just get the updates and then crash because they're too out of sync with reality that they now reside in. I don't know. My entire life I've been plagued with things like this. Most of the events have witnesses, evidence, etc. Some don't. So are people like me, a self-aware glitch themselves... Is the world broken, or are we? Well, that's it for this one. I really don't know if I should share more, because some are just outrageous and I fear losing credibility. I don't want recognition or attention. But I can't lie, it does feel good to finally tell others about these events. This isn't a fancy glitch, but an odd reoccurring one. 
so I absolutely hate all jams except strawberry jam. But my jars of strawberry jam have been turning to raspberry jams in my fridge. It always happens after eating quite a bit of it too, which makes it even more odd. To preface with some facts, I'm the only person who buys groceries in my house. And this happened in two different apartments over the last five years, so probably not a carbon monoxide issue. I don't eat jams or fruit preserves that frequently, but I like to have it in the fridge for when I occasionally get a craving for toast, butter, and strawberry jam specifically. I have a very distinct childhood memory associated with eating this combo. So, whenever I move, I'll specifically stock my fridge with condiments and things I might need, and I'll buy a proper jar of jam. The first time this happened, it was four years ago, when I bought Bon Maman and was specifically psyched to try their strawberry jam. I distinctly remember picking out the strawberry one. I have clear memories of having it that day and a couple of times after. Not with toast, but that's another story. A good half of it was gone. I forget about it for a couple of months, and then one day my partner starts to make us PB&Js. He likes blueberry jam. I got him Smuckers. So I specifically ask him to use the strawberry Bon Maman for mine. He brings me the sandwich and I take one bite, and it's off. It doesn't taste like strawberries, it's far more tart. I just thought that he was being lazy, and put the blueberry on mine to not have to wash the spoon. I literally never eat any jam other than strawberries, so I have no frame of reference. As I'm grumbling about it, he shows me the open jar of Bon Maman on the counter, and it says raspberry. I was so confused, because I had eaten from it before and it was strawberry. I even cooked a recipe that required strawberry jam with it. My partner laughed it off and just said that I must have forgot and bought the wrong one. It didn't make any sense, but I let it go. We've bought squeeze bottles of Smuckers a few more times at that apartment, but never a jar again and those were fine. Fast forward to six months ago, I moved. I decide to buy a proper strawberry jam in a jar again before my parents visit. My mom loves strawberry jam, so Smucker's in a jar this time. All's good. We even had it for breakfast a couple of times, butter and toast and everything. Last week, I get some nice bread, so I think about getting the strawberry jam out, and lo and behold, it's raspberry again. I checked with my parents, and they remember eating strawberry jam. I remember it being strawberry, but it's changed again. What an odd but specific glitch to keep happening over and over again. I just thought I'd share it. Bonus toast issue. Related, but I'm not sure if it's a glitch. Like I said, I have a super distinct childhood memory of having warm 
almost burnt toast with salted butter and strawberry preserves with my mother. Ever since I moved out, I've occasionally gotten the hankering for it, but have never been able to make it alone at my home for some annoying reason. It's not really a complex recipe. And there was always a reason. First, I didn't own a toaster. Broke student. Then when I got one, I couldn't find a single apartment where it didn't set off the fire alarm, so I stopped using it entirely after trying to maneuver and toast the bread in the balcony a few times. This was a hassle which only led to cold toast afterwards, because of how annoying and long the setup was. I tried toasting the bread on the pan, but had a crappy induction stove which never got to the right level of toastiness and texture. I eventually just gave up trying to have this combo at home. I would occasionally get to have it at breakfast diners, but the toast was always a little too cool, or when I would meet my mom and specifically eat breakfast, which happens rarely. So, yeah... I have the super distinct childhood memory that I have never been able to recreate by myself because I can't toast bread and my jams keep changing flavors. I work in human resources for my local government. I've been here for 13 and a half years. Because we're a government entity, we are driven by policies and procedures. We have tons of standard operating procedures, SOPs. We even have an SOP on how to write an SOP. Every employee is given a copy of our agency's personnel policy and procedures manual, herein referred to simply as the manual. It is meant to stay with you during your entire tenure here. Most employees probably only look at their manual if there's a major update, or if they feel their manager has misinterpreted a policy. But, in HR, the manual is our Bible. We refer to it often. It's not something that we throw on a shelf somewhere and glance at periodically, There's probably not a week that goes by that one of us in the department has not had to pull our manual out to look at something. I have handwritten notes and sticky notes in mind for quick reference. All of us do. The way I'm going on about this manual, you would think it was some kind of special book. It's just a white three-ring binder. When I started, we used to separate each chapter with blue paper, but and we haven't done that in many years. My particular manual is a little worn, not crisp like the newer ones. I keep it on the right side of my desk, next to an organizer where I keep non-confidential files for quick access. I've kept it in the same spot for the entire time that I've worked here. I'm not a neatnik, but I have a quirky, almost photographic memory. I know exactly where everything is, even if things are disorganized. Three weeks ago, I met with my boss about something in the manual that needed clarification. I brought mine into her office, and when our meeting was over, I was sure that I put it back in its place on my desk. A couple days later, 
an employee came in to ask me about a policy. I reached for my manual, and it wasn't there. Strange. I looked in a couple places in my office, but I couldn't find it. I grabbed one from the stack we used for new hires and carried on. After the employee left, I looked for my manual again. On my bookshelf, in all of my desk drawers, in my various cabinet drawers, in the recycling bin under my desk. Nothing. I took a look at my boss's table in her office to see if it was there. No. She is only in once a week, so the next week when she was in, I asked her if I had left it in her office. She didn't recall, but she looked all over her office, in her drawers, etc. She even looked for it later when she got home. She even remarked about how she has so many notes in hers, so she would be lost if she misplaced it. I hated that I had lost my manual, but I had the new one. I put it in the same spot where the old one used to be. As weird as it sounds, it just didn't feel right. I felt off every time I looked at it. It was weird. Yesterday I had some downtime, so I cleared some files in my organizer. As I said before, the new manual was right next to the organizer, and it was the only notebook on my desk. I come into work this morning and I happened to turn around to get something from my organizer, and my old manual is right there next to the new one. It was not there previously. I haven't seen it for three weeks. I feel like I'm going nuts. I know it sounds stupid to be this worked up over a dumb manual, but it's thrown me for a loop. There are 11 of us on staff, but only 4 of us in the office every day. It is possible that someone moved it from my desk, but unlikely. We do not, as a practice, go into each other's offices, and if someone had seen it elsewhere, they would have told me. We're pretty cohesive here. Even though we have cleaning staff, they rarely touch our desks, and there would be no reason for them or for anyone else to move it. Maybe it was there the whole time, but I couldn't see it. I think there's a phenomenon like that. I don't know what it's called, but maybe. Or maybe I'm going senile. I don't know. Maybe this isn't a glitch, but it sure feels like one. Tonight, I believe my brother and I somehow got into a time loop or deja vu. Something's odd and nothing feels right anymore. My brother, 13, and myself, 25, were in the car waiting for our family to be done at Walmart. It was about 9.40-ish. We think nothing of waiting and just talk passing the time as my brother tells me about school from his 6th grade adventures. Mainly about weird kids in class. Keep in mind, we're in the back seat of a truck and are in the parking lot of Walmart. Looking to the right, as I'm seated on that side, I see a man wearing a dirty white shirt running with his daughter as they wail and holler and laugh. Seeing this, my brother and I both laugh because it was kind of funny to watch. On the left of the truck on my brother's side is a blue car. 
a man is packing that car but taking forever. So we go back to talking. About two minutes later, a group of three girls walk by the truck laughing and saying random banter that I can't quite remember, something along the lines of someone being so funny. They get in the car diagonal to the truck and laugh before pulling out and leaving. My brother notices the blue car guy finally leaving as well moments later. He commented by saying, Finally. Now, here's the weird part. After we talk a little bit more and laugh with each other, suddenly, we hear a familiar wail. I turn to the right and it was the same dirty white shirt guy running the same path with the same daughter laughing. I said, Deja vu out loud, and felt a little weird. It was that feeling of, what in the world? My brother laughed a bit thinking I was memeing until he looked and noticed the blue car guy packing again. We paid no mind, thinking maybe he forgot something and go about talking, until we hear the laugh of the three girls. They load up and pass our window again, getting in the car diagonal of us. Same outfits, same being so funny. By now, my brother and I are looking at each other. I mentioned it's weird, and why is that guy running the same path twice? My brother says maybe he forgot something in the store. We shake it off, and I look at my dying phone at 2% charge, and we note the time being 9.50. My phone dies trying to load up YouTube, and... We laugh and talk. My brother takes his switch after some time and notes the time is still 9.50. We were talking for at least a good five minutes. We think it's weird, getting a little nervous, but we distract each other with jokes. After what feels like two to three minutes later, the same white shirt guy and daughter run out of the store wailing and laughing. We see it now, and we're worried. We turn to the left, and that same blue car is still packing. My brother comments, Maybe we're in a time loop, like you said. And then the girls come out and go to their car again. This time, we do something different. We watch the white shirt guy load up his daughter in his van, and talk to the driver for a bit before getting in and pulling out. I was curious to see if they actually left this time. The girls leave next, and then finally the blue car. My brother states, If it happens again, we're going in the store. We feel like it's been ages waiting until we see our family leave the store and come to the car. They don't believe us, only our father who likes to read about theories, and then we make note of the time. 9.55pm. How did all of that happen in what felt like at least 20 minutes happened in only five? How did we see the same people three times doing the same thing three times? We aren't tired. We both witnessed the same events and are both in agreement. Our family says they felt strange in the store, but they leave it at that. So what happened to us? It's been on my mind that we were in some sort of time loop. Any answers help, and thank you for reading.
So, it's my second day here. But I have found the basic needed facilities like the toilet, staircase, lift, emergency exits, and so on. For the level I'm on, the toilet is one way, so there is a corner you turn to get to the toilets. At this corner, there is a camera that points away from the doors. So, if you have to go to the toilet, you would naturally pass by the camera twice. I go to the office, set down my things, and went to use the toilet. I finished my business and headed back to the office where I see my supervisor and the other person I'm supposed to be shadowing. The rest of the people in the team were also standing over my stuff and looking concerned. When I entered, one of my friends, who was also an intern at that place, saw me and honestly said, Oh, she's back! With so much relief. I looked very confused and said that I had just gone to the toilet. My supervisor said, You were in the toilet for two hours? I was like, what? No, I was in there for ten minutes max. My supervisor said, Then where have you been? We all thought you were missing. Me? What? I just got here and went to the toilet. Did no one go to check the toilet? Supervisor said, We did, but no one was inside it. I said, what? My supervisor responded, Well, at least you're okay. Back to work. I was still confused, but brushed it off. During some free time in between tasks, I went to the security officer and asked to see the camera footage of the toilet on my level. He showed me, and I saw that I had only passed the camera two times, and in between them... I saw one of my colleagues going into the toilet and coming out a few minutes apart. I thanked the officer and went about my work. So, yeah, I disappeared for two hours in my workplace toilet that only has one entrance and one exit. Edit. There are so many comments saying if this was the first time. Sadly, this isn't the first time. It happens almost once every semester on campus. The longest I've ever disappeared for is 8 to 10 hours. My friend is well aware of it. I've had medical screenings done and psychological evaluations, but everything seems normal. The toilet is also one of those with three stalls, but my coworker swears she opened all three. Edit 2. Oh, thanks for the awards. People have asked about more detail about the camera footage, so I'm not able to get a copy of it due to it, like, actually being a security issue, but here are some details about it. The video is timestamped, with the time and hours that it has been recording. I went in at 8 hours 34 minutes, and came out at 10 hours and 30 minutes. My colleague went in at 9 hours 1 minute and came out at 9 hours 8 minutes. The camera caught both of us going in and coming out. I did ask if they could check the rest of the cameras along the corridor from the toilet. They did, and it all showed that I was missing for 2 hours. 
I specifically checked the camera in front of the office door that looks partially into the office and the corridors outside. The camera did see me walking through the corridor to the toilet and back from the toilet. The only thing odd was that the camera had shifted a bit for a few seconds to a minute. Like, it kind of glitches kind of thing. It was at around 9 hours and 12 minutes mark. But, there was no way I could have exited the toilet and walked back to it without the other camera at the office door catching me. Or, for the fact that I could have gone out past the office, or walked around and went back into the toilet in about a minute. Back when I was in college, probably 2012 to 2013, I experienced something weird with my friend. I went to a community college in New Jersey, and I had met a lot of friends. One night, two guys that I didn't know super well but seemed cool wanted to chill. I'll call them Rourke and Eric. I drove the three of us to Eric's house for video games, movies, and for Rourke and I to spend the night. We were having fun, but around 2am, Eric's dad inexplicably said that Rourke and I couldn't spend the night. This was annoying because my place was at least a 45 minute drive away, and I would need to drive Rourke home first, wherever that was. This part of the state is very rural, with a bunch of thick forest roads and farmland, so everything is far apart there. So, begrudgingly, Rourke and I got into my car, and since Eric guided us to his place, and neither Rourke or I knew where we were, I would need to GPS to his house. At the time, I still had a slider phone not a smartphone, so I used one of those old TomTom GPS units. We started on our way, following the GPS instructions through the wooded roads, making small talk and whatnot. Before long, we ended up on a wooded road that the GPS didn't have a name for. The space for the road name was just blank, which I had never seen before. Less than a minute after we got onto the road, the GPS lost signal. I didn't think much of it and just continued figuring that it would come back. The road started off normal and unremarkable, but it gradually got steeper and steeper downhill. Rourke and I both commented on it, but we brushed it off. However, as the minutes passed, the road got more and more simple. Eventually, there were no guardrails. Then it stopped having streetlights. Then it became a dirt road with no markings. Then it narrowed for just enough space for a car one way. The forest on either side was hugging us, and aside from the dirt road, there were no signs of human influence. It's also worth noting that there was never an intersecting road to turn onto. It was just a lone road, and we also never saw another car. 
Rourke and I were kind of nervously laughing about it, trying not to freak out. The decline had become very steep, and it was almost a perfectly straight road. I'd considered trying to turn around, but at that point, the road was too narrow to turn around. And it would have been awful for my car to drive back up something so steep for so long. So we just descended into the darkness, only able to see what my headlights showed. All in all, we probably went down for 15 to 20 minutes, and we were going decently fast. I doubt we ever went below 20 miles per hour, much faster a lot of the time so it wasn't killing my brake pads. I feel as though we should have easily passed sea level. Eventually, the road evened out, guardrails and streetlights came back, the GPS signal returned and we just ended up on some side road like two minutes from Rourke's place. He insists that the road had never been there, and that there was no mountain near his place for us to have descended. I ended up just crashing at Rourke's place. The next day, I drove back the way I came and I could not find the strange road nor could I find any road that was remarkably elevated. I live in a town with several 19th century era buildings, including a few Napoleonic forts, four known ones, and they're all well known to urban explorers and have been thoroughly explored and mapped including one with several tunnels. When I was 16, me and my friends decided it would be a fun day out to go there. We had done this many times, and we knew the fort by heart, including all exit-slash-entry points that had not been closed up by the council yet. We went in as usual, and all seemed normal. We climbed around and had some fun before moving on to the tunnels. We decided to go through the most popular tunnel there, as it was the easiest to navigate, and one of my friends was a bit claustrophobic. We had gone through this tunnel several times before, and so did many others, so it is very well mapped and usually opens up to just a big empty room, with windows looking into the center of the fort. This tunnel, it does fork off in two directions, but both lead to similar rooms. However, this time for some reason, after taking a left at the fork like we usually did, as the room on that side was in a less decayed state, the tunnel opened up to something that, to this day, me and my friends cannot explain nor replicate. We entered what at first seemed to be the usual room, but we quickly noticed that it was in a near-perfect state. No graffiti, no vandalism, no empty beer cans or charred floor from a campfire. Nothing. It was like the place hadn't been touched since it had been converted into a hospital in World War II. We were very confused, but decided to look around. We quickly noticed that this was a completely different fort. We all thought that we had stumbled our way in, and 
that it had somehow gone unnoticed by urban explorers in the area, and that we had found it by pure accident. With little hope, I tried looking up the coordinates for it, but unfortunately, as was often the case in these areas due to the forts essentially being buried, I couldn't get any GPS signal, which didn't surprise me. We explored and speculated on the position of the untouched fort for the rest of the day, thinking that we had scored gold, having found ourselves the dream hideout-hangout area. The tunnel was roughly one kilometer long, so we knew it couldn't be too far from the known location. After a great day of exploring this urban explorer's wet dream, we packed up and left without any problems. We went through the tunnel and popped out the other end in the expected place. This is where it struck us. We took great care in noting our way back through the tunnel in order to find the fort again on our next visit. The route we took was the same as we always did. We had not accidentally deviated or anything. This was the exact same route we usually took. Me and a mate decided to quickly run back to it, just to make sure. We arrived at the opening, and, as usual, the tunnel opened up to the room that we had earlier expected. Since then, my friends have tried numerous times to find the fort again. Unfortunately, I cannot take part in the search at the moment for personal reasons. I have, however, tried to find signs of it on Google Earth but unlike its supposed neighboring fort, it doesn't appear there at all. All research I have done related to this does not seem to indicate the existence of this fifth fort that we saw. To this day, that fort remains some sort of glitch in the Matrix, and I'm not posting this here to be solved. I just think it's an interesting and mysterious event. I told my sister to join this sub because we think these things are interesting, and we got to talking about weird things that happened in the past, and we realized that we had experienced one and just didn't tell each other about it because it freaked us both out a little bit. We'd completely forgotten about it until we got to talking. In high school, we drove our parents' hand-me-down car after they bought a new one. It was kind of a piece of crap, but it got us around. On the way home from school, one day, one of the tires went flat. We weren't far from home, but we had to pull over, and it just so happened that one of the police officers in town we lived in, at the time, drove by and helped us. It's a really small town, and everyone knows each other, so it wasn't a big deal kind of like a, a modern-day Mayberry. Small-town people, small-town cops that really just patrolled to help with things like that. Not a lot of crime. You get the picture. The front passenger side tire had gone flat. He got the spare out of the trunk and changed it for us in like 10 minutes. We chatted a little bit, and he followed us around the corner and up the street to where we were living at the time. 
We called my stepdad to let him know and told him which tire it was, and forgot about it the rest of the afternoon. He stops on the way home and gets the tire because he had everything he needed to change it at the house. He went outside and then came back in and he said that the front passenger side was completely fine and that the spare was on the driver's side. We kind of looked at each other and we were like, no, it was definitely the passenger side. So we walked out and around to the passenger side and pointed and were like, Look, that's the spare. He gave us an odd look, and he was like, No, it's not. And we walked over to the driver's side, and sure enough, the dinky donut spare was now on the driver's side. I very distinctly remember it being the passenger side, because we were headed home, and he had jacked up the car from the passenger side and changed it. My sister, at the time... Decided maybe that we just didn't remember it correctly, but I knew that we had. She told me yesterday that it had bothered her every time it crossed her mind, because she was sure it was the passenger side as well. He changed it, and we kept driving like usual. It freaked me out for a couple of weeks, and then I just wanted to not think about it. This was about 20 years ago, and back then you were just called crazy and like my sister let herself believe, we just chalked it up to not remembering it correctly. There's no way that it wasn't, and we were too scared at the time to tell each other that we knew it wasn't, because it made no sense. No one had touched the car or even been home until my stepdad got home with a new tire. I know it's kind of silly, but We're both very adamant that we know that it was an anomaly of some sort. We still can't explain it, and it still boggles my mind. We wound up telling my mom about it, and it got a little bit weirder after that. The car eventually went to one of my brothers before it completely broke down. He had a similar experience that he told her about, about ten years ago, except it was the back passenger tire and when he went to go get it changed, they were confirming with him that it was the back passenger tire because the spare was on the back driver's side. He had changed it himself to get to the tire shop, and he wasn't able to explain it. I don't know what it means, but now the same anomaly has happened to the same car twice with the same scenario. Kind of sends a little shiver down my spine thinking about it. Hello all. I've been reading the post in the sub for a few days, and I finally feel comfortable enough to share my experience. Everyone here seems so nice, so here we go. I used to live in Florida, in New Tampa. It was the suburb section right outside of the university area. I lived with a friend of mine, and one day I borrowed her truck to go to 7-Eleven right by her house to get a sugar-free Red Bull. So, I pull up to the 7-Eleven, that's about two minutes away from her house, the one that I always go to. I go inside, grabbed my Red Bull, and got in line. It felt like it had taken forever, 
which I never mind. I always fill the wait time with a little reading. Usually, but this time I felt like I was standing in that line for so long that my feet actually started to hurt. It was kind of weird. The second I was about to put my drink down and leave, it was my turn to pay. And finally, I was out the door. Here's where the weird part comes in. There is another 7-Eleven about 8 minutes away from my friend's house, and that is the 7-Eleven that I walked out of. I opened the door, walking out as I was still looking at my phone. I looked up, and I was at the 7-Eleven that was 8 minutes away from my friend's house. But I had just gone in to the 7-Eleven that was 2 minutes away from her house. I wasn't drunk. I don't even drink. No drugs. I wasn't overly tired or sick. It was real. I somehow walked into one 7-Eleven and walked out of a different 7-Eleven. So, I called my friend and tell her something just happened, and she started yelling at me. Where have you been? I've been worried sick. I'm just like, what? I felt like I was only gone for a few minutes, and not even long enough to go all the way to that other 7-Eleven. I knew the line was kind of long, and it took a minute to get through, but... I felt like it didn't take any longer than that. I hadn't gotten around to telling her that I felt like I went to one 7-Eleven and came out of another one, and she tells me I've been gone for a couple of hours. So, I told her I would talk to her when I got back to her house. I got in her truck, I backed out of the parking spot, put the truck in drive to pull away, and when I looked up, I was pulling away from the 7-Eleven that was two minutes from her house. So, from there, I did not look down or away from the road at all. I sped back to her house, and when I got back to her house, I called her from the driveway and told her I was there. And she said, No, you're not. I'm outside waiting for you. I was in the same parking spot that I always use. Nothing changed. It was the same thing I did almost every single day. At this point, I started to panic a little bit, so I pulled the truck out, put it in drive, drove around the apartment complex and back to her house. I went a different way, which ended in my friend's driveway, and she was out there with my kids and her kids. I asked how long they'd been out there, and she said for about an hour. I went inside, and I looked through my Google Maps activity and it showed that I had driven 31 miles away and then back. But I never stopped for the Red Bull, according to my Google Maps. I was sitting there, drinking it. My mileage and my gas tank said otherwise. A couple of weeks later, I got a vehicle, and I decided to move in with my now husband, and I've never had that problem again. My friend won't even let me talk about it. It horrified her. I think I'm just chalking it up to an unexplained scientific thing. I was so into this girl back in high school, and I was still in love with her years after high school. Back in high school, there were a lot of coincidences about us, 
like we would always end up in the same group whenever we had group works, and our moms had the same birthday. I forget the rest because it was a long time ago, but one major event happened after she graduated college. Mind you, this was years after high school. We don't communicate anymore, but I was still so madly in love with her. The story goes like this. One day, I slept over at my aunt's house. I needed to get home early the next day since I had class by 8am. My cousin, Kuya, eldest of three siblings, this is an important detail, promised to drive me home, so he did. There were a lot of setbacks, like we needed to drive back to their house because he forgot something, then my aunt asked him to drop her off at the terminal, but before that we still needed to wait for my aunt's friend. At one point, there's just me and my cousin inside the car. We were so quiet that it was so boring. Then, as we were approaching my school, there was traffic because it was rush hour, as we were waiting for the traffic to move, my cousin started asking me questions just to kill some time. He was just asking random questions about my love life. He was asking me if there was anyone that I liked, because he was aware that I was single. During that time, I wasn't even motivated to answer any of his questions because it's a sad topic for me, but he kept on asking, well, who do you like? I wasn't even planning to answer his question, but I blurted out my crush's name just because I saw her walking on the sidewalk of our school. It was funny for me at first because I thought, okay, the universe made me answer my cousin's stupid question by making my crush show up. I mean, okay, it was just a simple story. Nothing so special about it. Not until the second time months after. I again slipped over at my aunt's, only this time my cousin Kuya LM already left to work abroad, so this time Kuya Mike, the youngest of three siblings, was the one driving me home. Same time again, same thing. We were not talking the entire time, but as we approach our school again, there was traffic. I was thinking of starting a conversation by sharing to Kuya Mike what happened when Kuya LM was driving me home a few months prior, and I suddenly saw my crush. But I was also kind of thinking, nah, what for? It wasn't too interesting anyway. I thought he might be tired of hearing stories about my crush because I used to talk about her a lot. The traffic was moving so slowly. Last minute... I decided to tell the story anyway, but the way I told the story was way too fast. Like I was literally talking too fast. I don't know why. Maybe I just wanted to tell the story and be done with it. Then, when I was telling the part, saying then I saw her there, right there, which was unintentionally followed by me saying, Oh my god, I think that's her again. I was laughing so hard because as I was pointing where I saw my crush a few months ago, there she was again, at that same spot. 
Me and my cousin were so shocked we couldn't believe how on point the timing was. And at that point, I really started questioning reality. I've been an avid follower of this subreddit for a long time, and while I have had my share of odd happenings throughout life, hardly any fit the description glitch in the Matrix. I did today experience something which seems like that type of event. What made it stand out is that it resembles something that happened to me some months ago. It was at the end of a workday, and as I commute by train, I took the local bus to the train station. I was in a hurry, as the bus was late that day, and it was only a few minutes or less before the train departed. Once aboard the train, I sat down to arrange my stuff. I noticed that my right hand was covered in a red color. My immediate thought was that I had cut myself, and the red color was blood. However, I did not feel any pain, and was unable to find any wound on the hand. In addition... It did not really resemble blood, but was more like a chemical red dye. I seem to remember that it had a slight chemical smell, like marker pens. As it was during the corona pandemic, I always had a bottle of alcohol-based disinfectant with me in my bag. Using this, I managed to get some of the red color off, but it was really hard. Like, it was some dye from a marking pen. I was bewildered as I wasn't able to come up with any explanation as to where the red color came from. I take the same route back from work every day, and something similar has not happened before. I did look at my clothes and bag to look for any spots of red, but found none. How could I have accidentally come into contact with something that made my whole hand red without leaving any other marks? There was nothing in my office or the bus that I remember that could have caused anything like this. When I came home, it took quite a long hand wash with soap to get the rest of the color off. Some residues remained on my hand on the next day. The next day, I inspected my office closely to see if a red marker pen, which I do have there, had leaked. It hadn't. There were no red spots or markings anywhere, the event must have happened on the bus, but how? I almost forgot about this event until today. While I was in the bathroom this morning, I suddenly noticed a bright streak of red on the floor coming from the big toe on one of my feet. My first thought was that it was blood, that I had cut my toe or otherwise scratched myself until a drop of blood fell on the floor. However, I felt no pain and found no cut on the toe. Neither did I find any bleeding wound on my body. The underside of my big toe was, however, stained red. I looked thoroughly at the floor, but found no other red stains. When I tried to remove it with toilet paper soaked in water, it was resistant to be removed, similar to a way that a chemical red dye would, but not blood. Typically, bloodstains, having been in the air some time, it would form an edge of coagulated blood that is harder to remove than the rest, 
so that the outline of the blood stain on a hard surface will remain after one or two wipes. This did not. It eventually left only a larger spot of very faint red color, similar to how a dye spot would do if one tried to remove it. There is nothing in the bathroom or vicinity that is a red-colored liquid. In both cases, the red dye, if that's what this is, seems to have come from nowhere. And while it may be a trivial explanation, I'm utterly unable to see any. So, first of all, I would like to apologize for my crappy English and possible grammar mistakes in advance. I'm an 18-year-old male, and about a week ago, the craziest and most unexplainable thing happened to me. I'm on a vacation in Italy, as of now, and because it gets so hot out here, people usually take naps from 1pm until 3pm when the temperature is the highest. This little nap time, called siesta, because people have to have dinner way later in the day, usually from 10pm until around midnight, I would say. Anyways, my parents, siblings, and I were having dinner at the beach around 11pm, so it was dark outside. The only thing lighting up the beach was the light that came from the beach bar that we were eating at. A lot of people seemed to smoke in bars or pubs here. Even though I'm kind of quitting, I'll shamefully admit that I desired a cigarette. The plan was to ask a stranger, but I didn't want my parents to see what I was up to, so I made an excuse, telling them I was going for a walk on the beach while we waited to be served, secretly hoping someone on the beach could give me a cigarette. They excused me, and... I got up as I walked out of the bar onto the beach. I remember the Queen song fading in the background as I scanned the beach for anyone smoking a cigarette. Like I said, it was late at night and the seawater was probably too cold already, so I wasn't surprised when I noticed there was nobody out on the beach anymore. I walked a little further on the beach when I noticed a light coming from behind Tall Dune. I figured this could be a bar or a disco, so I started walking toward the dune, being pretty confident that someone over there would lend me a smoke. Eventually, I got up to the dune when my whole body froze. I kid you not, this was the same bar I thought I came from. I literally saw my parents talking to my siblings, proving that this wasn't just another bar that looked exactly the same. No. This was the same bar that I just came from. Not fully understanding what was going on, I turned around to be hit with even more confusion. All I was staring at was a dark, empty beach. Not a single light anywhere. I remember thinking, there's no way that I walked in a circle. I followed the waves of the ocean, so there's no way that I rotated in any way to get me back here. I quickly walked to the table where my family sat, still confused what was going on, when my mom noticed me and said something along the lines of, well, that was a short walk. I walked back out on the beach, but at this time there wasn't any light or tall dune further up the beach. 
I told my family the story in a you-won't-believe-what-happened-to-me way, but they laughed it off and continued their conversation. I remember just sitting at the table when I thought to myself, I think I just witnessed one of those glitch-in-the-matrix moments like on YouTube and Reddit. And to this day, I still have no clue what happened. The only explanation is that I somehow looped on the beach... I went to go check one more time after we finished eating to make sure I wasn't tripping, but again, no tall dune and no light up ahead. I really can find no explanation for this. About two months ago... I was going to meditate and decided to use my green sandalwood beaded mala. When I pulled it out of its drawstring bag, I was terribly disappointed to find that the elastic it was strung on had deteriorated. It was loose, floppy, and it made crunchy noises when the elastic was expanded due to apparent dry rot. The beads had large gaps of twisted elastic in places, so I decided not to meditate with it at that time. I put it back into the drawstring pouch, with intentions of restringing it with nylon cord at a later date. In the meantime, I considered purchasing a new mala made of gemstone. It turned out to be cheaper for me to order the gemstone beads and string it myself. This was better for me as well, because I didn't want another one strong on elastic, which all the malas I looked at were, so I ordered the gemstone beads that I wanted. The green sandalwood mala, I tucked it safely away in a cabinet until I had time to redo it. I received the gemstone beads last week. So, today, I strung my new mala. It turned out well, so I decided, since I was on a roll, to restring the broken one. I went and retrieved the pouch from the cabinet, and then totally had my mind blown when I took out the old mala. It was in perfect condition. I just stared at it. It was impossible, wasn't it? I've never seen reverse entropy before. The elastic was tight, no gaps, no twisting, no dry rot. It stretches easily, and then it pops right back into the perfect shape. I honestly cannot think of one reasonable explanation. One curious coincidence is that at the time I found the mallet twisted, dry rotted, and falling apart, I was experiencing pretty severe chest pains. I'd been having them for about a week, I kept telling myself it was nothing, and I refused to go to a hospital. Then, shortly thereafter, they suddenly disappeared overnight. I haven't had a chest pain since. However, now I find things are different. In addition to the mysteriously regenerated Mala, I also discovered last week that the popular sportswear brand I remember from years ago is now spelled A-D-I-D-A-S. I distinctly remember it being A-D-D-I-D-A-S. Being bored in high school, sometimes there was nothing to do but stare at logos. 
I was trying to find a certain pair of shoes, and Google kept giving me that strange alternate spelling. So, are these glitches? Quantum immortality? Something else? Has anyone else ever experienced something broken and trashed out, suddenly being new again with no logical explanation? I'm a French language teacher in Russia, an expat, and due to that I should travel at least once a year to Moscow for documents, with embassy bureaucracy, and because I live in a city that's 2,000 kilometers far from Moscow, I use the planes each and every time. Well, now, let's jump to the fun part. The time zone in Moscow is negative two hours. I flew to Moscow with my wife and landed safely. I went to the embassy at 9am and did my things and by 10am I had already finished. Now, we have the whole day to visit Moscow before our flight back, which will be at 11pm. First, we visited the Lenin Library, Undergrounds, Kremlin Gardens, and the Cathedral, the Red Square, by foot, and when I looked at the time, I was shocked. It's only 11am. Which means this whole excursion took one hour, and I was so sure it took more because, for those who don't know, Moscow was a gigantic city, and we moved between places by foot. No taxi, no bus, just by feet. I thought that it's just because of the time zone difference, and I felt a little tired after the flight, but no. My watch and phone were automatically updated when we got to Moscow. So, we decided to find a place to eat, and we were looking here and there when we found a good spot. We settled, and we took lunch. We took a tour around the malls and commercial centers, bought souvenirs, took coffee, got a few cigarettes, and then took a look at my phone. What the hell? It's only 11.30 a.m. Only 30 minutes had passed. My wife noticed it too, and we felt a little weird. We were already tired walking around places, and time is literally not moving, or just moving slowly. I suggested to sit at an open-air cafe and waste some time until 7 p.m. to go back to the airport. We sat down, and I took my fifth or sixth coffee that day, and I talked to my wife about anything and everything. Time goes, and we felt that we sat there for a minimum of two hours, but no, it was only twelve. I lost it, and to not make this text long and boring, we kept moving between cafes and museums on this infinite day, and finally when 7pm hit, I said finally for God's sake. It really felt like forever, and when I checked my steps counter, it was 400% plus over my expected number. We walked around 15 kilometers around that city center, and then I understood that something was unusual about that travel, because when I got back to my city, the time was running like usual. I could feel how the time was going faster than in Moscow. So, what do you all think?
I have to start off by saying that there were absolutely no drugs or alcohol or anything of that kind involved, and we were as sober as one can be. Okay, so this was about two years ago. Not last summer, but the one before that. Me and my boyfriend, 24, 25 at the time, went to visit his grandma in the countryside for a few days. One night, probably around 8pm, we went into the garden to relax and look at the fireflies that were starting to show up. The sun had set, but the sky was still a pale blue, not really dark yet. Grandma has a bed outside in the garden, used basically as a couch, so we decided to just lay there for a while. At one point, probably just a few minutes later, I noticed very clearly a pale, white grid shape in the sky. Wondering what the hell I'm seeing, I start asking my boyfriend, Do you see, and he cuts me off, that grid? Yeah. So, it's not like one influenced the other. We both clearly saw it. We joked around that the sky is fake and we're in the Matrix. We often have Matrixy experiences, so it really wasn't anything shocking, but this has honestly been the cherry on top of everything else. I don't remember thinking of taking a picture, or maybe we thought it wouldn't be visible enough and it's pointless to even try. Not sure but we just kind of accepted it and shrugged it off. Then we had dinner and went to bed. Two years later, and I have never seen it again, and I've tried. We mention it now and again. Like, hey, do you remember the grid? Yeah, I haven't seen it either, etc. I love looking at the sky in general. Clouds, shapes, colors, stars... Whatever it may be, and yet I never saw it again. Not even a glimpse. I tried to find similar cases online, but for some reason, I only found people on drugs. Like psychedelics seeing grids and honeycomb shapes in the sky. But as I said before, we were very much sober. Every time I remember it, I really don't know what to even think or how to feel. Why haven't I been able to see it again? And what could it have been? I've been theorizing if it's a force field or maybe a projection of sorts and the sky really isn't real and that was just a glitch. I really don't know, but I hope someone sober has seen it as well and can maybe shed some light. Okay, so a week ago, I'm driving in Pacific Beach, San Diego, on my way to pick up the homie, and I'm stopped at a red light. I see a car in front of me with a bumper sticker I'd never seen before that says, It's tough to kill a planet, but we're making excellent progress. I laughed. I grabbed my phone to take a quick video for my story, posted it up, and a few friends reacted. So... 
I got my daily social media dopamine fix. <laughs> Yay. So flash forward to yesterday, six days later, and I've got a dentist appointment way up in Poway, about an hour away from downtown where I live. I get on the road without setting my nav, and I call my mom to talk about some heavy stuff. My grandma's currently in the hospital, and it's not going well. She's not eating, and she's losing the will to live, and they're doing everything they can to lift her spirits. I'm just taking this all in, when I realize we've been talking already for 45 minutes, and I'm all ready to pull away, and I have no idea what exit I'm supposed to take. I take the next exit just so I don't overshoot my destination, and I'm just looking for a place to pull over and finish this heavy call so I can punch the address into my phone. At the next intersection, there's another lollipop man and all the traffic is trying to go straight, but I just want to pull over on a side street, so I go left and he waves me through the intersection. The first street on the right has a refreshing name, like Cool Lake, and I'm like, that sounds great, so... I pull onto that street and go around the neighborhood, which is basically a loop. I see an open street parking spot, so I pull over and finally stop. I take another 5 to 10 minutes to end the call with my mom and hang up. I look around at where I'm at, and suddenly the car directly across the street catches my attention. It has a bumper sticker on it that says, It's tough to kill a planet but we're making excellent progress. And I freeze. The sticker is in the same exact position as I remember. I realize I'd taken a video of it, so I pull out my phone and look for it, and it's the exact same car. Same plates, same make and model. What the hell? I'm like an hour away from PB. I randomly pulled over. Not only did I see this car six days ago... I took a freaking video of it, and now here it is, parked at home. I took another video of me freaking out about it. Not sure if I should share them because the license plate is visible and I don't want to break any sub-rules, but I've got them both and my friends are all blown away by them. It's absolute craziness. the strangest experience with my nose ring a few months back that I still to this day cannot explain. It might not be crazy interesting, and it's a bit long-winded, but I have no logical answer. To preface this story, my job doesn't allow us to wear jewelry during shift, so for a while I was wearing a wonky nose hoop that didn't fully shut, which made it easier to take off before shifts each day. I had lost it a few times, while sleeping, but I always found it next to me within seconds. One morning, I woke up and felt that my nose ring was missing, so I pawed around as usual until I could feel it. However, this time, it wasn't there. After sweeping my arm multiple times under my pillow and nearby blankets with nothing, I decided to open my eyes and actually start ripping the bed apart. My partner, who was heading out, wished me luck as she couldn't continue to help. I threw off the pillows, pulled back the covers, nothing. 
I even stood up and flicked up each blanket layer, shaking each one at a time, patting them down and expecting to hear a clink as the piercing hit the floor, but nothing. After moving the bed frame, sweeping the entire room, which was quite small, really only enough for a queen mattress and a few longboards, I returned empty-handed. I ended up rebuilding my room, moved the frame back, put on each sheet, pillow, etc., until the room looked exactly as it had. But still no nose ring. I was really frustrated after spending an hour to no avail, and I called my partner to let her know it was gone. She found it as strange as I did, but suggested grabbing a box from the closet that might have an old nose hoop in it until we could buy a new one. After we hung up and I grabbed the box from the closet, I turned around to sit on the bed and stopped dead in my tracks. That stupid nose ring was back. It was right on top of the crease-free top sheet, dead center of the bed and shining in the sun. My nose ring was back. There is no way that I could have missed it and no way it could have even gotten there on its own after I rebuilt the bed. It was as if someone had placed it perfectly on top to taunt me after watching me search relentlessly. I swear it must have teleported for an hour or glitched somewhere else during that time. It genuinely creeped me out, and when I told my partner, she couldn't think of a possible explanation either. I've never had an issue since, but I'll never forget how genuinely perplexed I was. Hey everyone, this glitch will sound absolutely stupid at first, but when I tell you I have no idea how this could be possible, I'm not exaggerating. I flew to Edmonton to visit my girlfriend on August 1st. On August 3rd, I was at her house preparing for a trip to Banff National Park. I remember holding my AirPods in my hand and thinking, I won't need these so I throw them in the largest pocket of my backpack and call it a day. I ended up taking my duffel bag, a different bag, to Banff and did not use my AirPods the entire trip. When I get back from my trip, I immediately go to my bag and check for my AirPods since I wanted to listen to music. I searched my entire backpack, and I couldn't find them, and at this point, I was being lazy and decided to just forget about it, that maybe I had left them in another bag or in the bathroom, etc. Two days before my flight back home, I was getting desperate about my AirPods, so I decided to deep clean all the bags that I had brought on this trip. I emptied and inspected every pocket, zipper, hole of every bag that I brought on the trip. I remember distinctly putting my hand in each pocket of my backpack, checking for corners where small things could get stuck, checking for tears where things could fall through, and I found nothing. I even emptied the bag. I laid it flat on a table and pressed down on each part to look for bumps. At this point, I had just accepted my fate and got back on my flight to my hometown, checking the bag routinely while sitting at the airport and even when I landed. Fast forward to September 21st, 
and I had gone a month and a bit without them. I moved to another town to start school, and I'd been living there since the first. I never used my AirPods once. Tonight, I was packing up my things to go to my girlfriend's house in the same city, and I stood over my bag trying to remember where I had put my keys. And, lo and behold, my AirPods, literally sticking out of the side of the pocket of my bag, as if someone had planted them there for me to see them. Confirmed mine because when I opened them, they automatically connected to my phone with the same name that I had given them. None of my roommates came with me to Banff, and my girlfriend insists that she would have no motivation to steal my AirPods for a month, watch me in despair, and then plant them back in my bag a month later for no reason. I'm a firm believer in hard facts and evidence, but I can no longer believe that we're not in the Matrix. Growing up, I received this watch from my grandma. I believe it was from a garage sale. It was slim, purple, electronic watch with a solar power face. Well, I was about 16, when for some reason the alarm would go off around 2.55 every morning. I'd get up, turn it off, over and over. Eventually, I reset it and placed it in my dresser. That night, it went off again. I was pissed that it was interrupting my beloved sleep. I'm not sure why I didn't immediately throw it away, but I kept turning the watch alarm off or changing the time for 7am when I normally woke up, and this watch just kept going off at 2.55am. Finally, I threw it in the trash in our bathroom. That night... I hear the watch going off. Freaked out, I'm like, where is it coming from? It was under my bed. The next day, my mom said, oh yeah, I saw that in the bathroom and figured you accidentally threw it away, so I toss it on your bed. At this point, I was just annoyed, but then I gave the watch to my friend. I think it was gone for about two weeks when I woke up and hear this watch going off. I lost my mind. Why the hell and what did I do to deserve this harassment at this point? I found the watch under my bed again. So, I opened the window and threw it out. Next day, I called my friend who I gave this cheap plastic purple watch to, and she said, Oh, I never took it from your house. I left it there. I forgot about it. I was so confused because it was gone for two weeks almost. So that night, I lay awake hearing the alarm go off outside my window. Softly, but smugly. I'm satisfied with the results, it's much quieter and I can barely hear it. Then, I ended up going on vacation, and when I came back and walked into my room, I froze. Sitting on my dresser is the watch looking dirty, but still working. At this point, I was concerned the universe was playing a cruel joke on me. My parents never said they brought it in, and my brother denied bringing it in. 
I decided to smash it with the cinder block my dad had in his garage, and that was officially the end of my haunted watch experience. So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness. If you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As the Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.